Hi, friends. Welcome to Encouraged and Equipped. On this podcast, we introduce you to the women of Christ Chapel Bible Church. We share our stories to encourage and equip each other to live out our faith in Jesus. We are so glad you're here. God's actions and timing are always perfect, but often we wish some things in our lives would look differently than they do. So what do we do in those seasons where we feel like we are waiting on God? Beth Oliver and Haley Doris join me for a look at both the pain and the joy of the waiting process. I would like to mention in advance that infertility is a part of this conversation. So if that is a sensitive topic for you, please feel free to use your discretion in listening and know you are loved and not alone. Here's our conversation. Hi, my name is Kathy Harrelson, and I'm here with my friends Haley Doris and Beth Oliver, and we are going to talk about waiting on God. True confession, I asked these friends to come be on this podcast with me, and I did not think about it until after they had both said yes, and I kind of chuckled to myself because we are all currently on staff at Christ Chapel. Haley does high school ministry, Beth does children's ministry, and I get to be in women's ministry. But we actually all started at Christ Chapel, and our first love here was high school ministry. And so I kind of laughed because I was like, I I didn't think about when I was putting this together that we've all done high school ministry. And so if we get distracted and talk for an hour and a half about how great high school students are, maybe Mm. we'll just have to go back and release that in a separate Mm. episode. But today (laughs) we are going to talk about waiting on God. Specifically, there are a variety of ways you might could define or couch the idea of waiting on God, but we're really going to look at What is it like when our timing and desires don't match what God is doing or what is happening in our lives? We know that can be incredibly difficult. It can be incredibly confusing, Mm -hmm. but it can also be a time of great growth and a time of great joy. So we are going to talk about what it has looked like in our lives, what helps strengthen our faith during those seasons, and what we've learned during some of those seasons of waiting on God. So I would love to just kind of toss out to get us started when I first called or asked you to come and you kind of started thinking or praying about this, what came to your mind as you reflected back on your life on waiting on God and what that has looked like and what that has felt like? Haley, what what kind of came to your mind? Yeah, when I first thought about it, for me, it was kind of funny of I didn't really think of one particular season of my life that immediately came to my mind. I kind of sat there and was like, I can't think of a season of my life where I didn't feel like I was waiting in some sort of a degree. And that was um, a funny realization for me that I hadn't really thought of before. Um, But for example, I'm currently 20 weeks pregnant with my first child. And this definitely feels (laughs) like a season of waiting. (laughs) But it's also a funny season of where I do know a lot of things that are at least most likely going to happen in my future I also don't know so much about what's about to happen with just the rest of pregnancy and being a mother. And so even though it kind of has a a timeline to it, I feel like there's a lot of time ways in which I'm waiting right now. Um, Or my husband and I are both in jobs we love, but we're still in our 20s and kind of near the end of our 20s. And this season has just felt like a time of waiting where the Lord could really call us and pick us up and take us wherever it might be. Or college felt like a huge season of waiting or I was really preparing for the future, but I didn't really know what that future was that I was preparing for. And so I think the Christian life is just really marked by waiting. Or the scriptures that have really come to my mind is I think of the story of Israel throughout Exodus, how they start as this really small group of 70 people, grow into this massive nation, even under slavery, to then go to the wilderness and wander for 40 years, depending on the Lord's direct provision, like (laughs) tremendous amount of waiting for an entire nation, right? Or even Daniel living in exile and under a pagan nation and really that story covers approximately 60 years of his life where he is living in a world in which he is in this nation that doesn't love the Lord Um, and he's waiting. And so um, I just think 
there is a lot of waiting in the Christian life. And I even thought about the tension of the already but not yet that we talk about in Christian circles and in the church of how Jesus has come. He has conquered death through the resurrection, and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit does dwell in us. He is making his temple within us, right? But we continually face sin, and we continually face temptation, and we continually experience grief and devastation and loss. And so we know of these promises that the Lord will fulfill to completion. And so and that there will be no more sorrow or pain or grief in that time, but we are waiting on the Lord to establish his kingdom. And so I just think kind of no matter what season we're in, if we're in the Lord, we're really waiting for his promises and for his will to be carried out and for his return. So I can't, and maybe I'm just really impatient, but I just couldn't think of a time when I wasn't waiting. <laughs> Me too. Right I love that you. you said that. That was not my first response when yeah. I thought about waiting on the Lord, but I really mm-hmm. like you couching it that way because I am always waiting on something and we are in a season of waiting for Christ's return. Yeah. And so there is that sense of sometimes we think, well, I'm in this season of waiting on the Lord right now, but then there'll be another season. Sure. And not that there aren't ebbs and flows to what that looked like, but there is a sense in which we are always waiting. Yeah. And in that tension of certain promises or things that haven't been fulfilled and certain things in our life we're waiting on. And it really normalizes it. And it even raises the importance to me of why we're talking about this, because if all of life includes some type of waiting, then we always kind of need to know how to respond to it or Mm. what to do in it or how to lean into the Lord in that season. And so that wasn't my first response, but I love that that was your first response because it just couches it all in a different light for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. What about you, Beth? When I first said, hey, will you come talk about waiting on the Lord? What what came to your mind? Yeah. So for me, it, for anyone who knows me, they know that um, the season of waiting for me was marked by a lot of pain. So the first thing that came to my mind was um, my husband and I's struggle with infertility. <clears throat> so we um, kind of went into marriage with like a plan, you know, you have the plan. Sure. Yeah. Um, and we thought, okay, after about two or three years of marriage, we'll start trying by like year three or four, we'll have kids, you know? And um, we kind of stopped preventing any kind of pregnancy. And after about a year realized, oh, like we still aren't pregnant. Huh. Didn't think anything about it. And then a stinking reference book for my essential oils. <laughs> so sorry <laughs> for all of y'all who don't like essential oils. Um, but I looked for like some essential oils that could help with fertility or whatever. And so I went to my reference book in my essential oils reference handbook and looked at it. And it said, um, go see infertility. And I was like, uh, rude. <laughs> That's not why I'm so, here. Yeah, this is not why I'm here at all. So I went to that page and there was a definition in there, which was, um, if you have not conceived within a year of not preventing, not just trying, but not preventing, mm-hmm. you're considered struggling with infertility. Mm-hmm. And like the definition hit me like a ton of bricks. It was not what I was looking for. It was not what I was expecting. Um, nobody in my family, none of my friends around me ever struggled with it. So it was um, a pretty devastating blow. I'd grown up, you know, wanting kids, wanting to be a mom and a wife and, you know, all those things. And <clears throat> it just really hit me. Um, and I kind of threw a big old fat pity party for myself. <laughs> and so I've had one of those for myself. Yeah. Or two yeah. yeah. You know, just, yeah. you know, um, and, uh, thank God my best friend was like, all right, you get to deal and be in this pity party for about 15 more minutes and then we're going to snap out of it. <laughs> um, but, um, that kind of marked this like waiting period for my husband and I of, we had, done things the right way and in the right order and felt like we were entitled and deserved, mm-hmm. you know, children. You know, we got married first, we waited, we did all, you know, all the right yeah. things. Now, you know, God's going to bless us with kiddos, you know, this is what comes next. So whenever that didn't happen, one, it was hard for us to even like 
wrap our mind around it. And then it was like, it took us a while to even be able to want to see a fertility doctor and a specialist about it. And then when we found out what our issue was and that we couldn't have biological children, then it's like, okay, what do we do? We're not rich. We can't afford a, you know, an adoption. Not that all people who adopt children are Absolutely. rich. Sure. We adopted our children and <laughs> here we are. Um, but all of that to say like that waiting period for us was excruciating and marked with a lot of pain and a lot of um, lies that Satan threw our way of what it meant um, and who God was. And we struggled through that. And for a long period of time, I thought, okay, well, God's just not good. And then I was like, no, that doesn't feel right. Okay, well, if he is good, then he's not good to me. He's not good to um, my family and my story and me personally. And then it was like, no, that doesn't feel right. And so through that waiting period and that time, it made me realize that my focus was in the wrong place, that my focus was entirely on myself and what I felt like I deserved and what I thought my story should be. Um, and so God really... <clears throat> used a friend of mine, um, Whitney, at a Bible study for high schoolers yes. where she was talking about, like gave this illustration of um, this hub. And she was like, if we're in the center, we treat God as one of these like pegs on our wheel. And he's just our genie in the bottle there to make us happy and um, to do what we think he needs to do. Um, but that's not who should be in the center of our you know, our hub, it's God and our focus should be on him. And we are here to serve him and we are here to glorify him. And he is there. So God started like this story of like teaching me where my focus should be, why I'm here on this earth, what my purpose is. And my purpose is not to bear and have children. My purpose is to glorify him with whatever story um, he decides is best for me and for my husband. Um, there's a another big lesson I learned through that time that um, was captured in a sentence by Paul David Tripp in this book, like, Do You Believe? And I should have memorized it, but I didn't. And I don't have notes like <laughs> Haley does. Um, <clears throat> but Tell us essentially, your best yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> essentially, it's talking about how the purpose of waiting is not the end goal. Like, the purpose of my waiting season was not to have kids. The purpose of my waiting season was for the Lord to transform and sanctify me in that time. And mm -hmm. no matter how long that waiting period is, whether it's, you know, five months or 15 years or a lifetime, it's not about the end goal. It's not about what I want or what I think I deserve. It's about focusing on the Lord through that time and allowing him to like sanctify me and transform me through that waiting period. So big lessons. Big lessons. Big <laughs> lessons. So many lessons. So much. And it's interesting as you were talking, I know that it is a season that's filled. It's when you think about waiting on the Lord or talk about it, for me, it's this real battle of for me, internal angst, because often, mm -hmm. at least if I'm describing a season of waiting in the Lord, often, and this is not necessarily a good thing, like, I want something and the Lord is not giving it now. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. and there's a feeling of angst that comes within that. But it's also a little bit internally stressful for me because I know God's good to me. And so if he's not right. giving it to me today, it's for a good reason. Right. And it's for my best. So I don't really want him to do what I think he should do if it's not best for me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so my prayer often in that time, and I'm filled with a lot of angst about it, but often mm -hmm. my prayer is, okay, God, I don't want you to move to my page. Can you help me to move to mm. your page, if that mm -hmm. makes sense? And so it's that shift, but it's that wrestling internally between I really want something, but God isn't giving it today, but he's good. And mm -hmm. keeping your eyes on the Lord during seasons like that, I found that to be incredibly important, but also like very difficult. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I love that's so encouraging that prayer that you said, because I think for me, honestly, when I'm waiting, I think, God, I have a great plan. <laughs> like I have this really good idea for my life for the world ideas. around yes. me and it's going to be awesome. And so when he says no, or make me wait, I'm like, no, but God, did you really listen to me <laughs> when I prayed for this? Because it was a really good idea. And it can, I think for me, when I'm waiting, it can take me 
way too long to figure out that like, okay, no, Haley, you don't know everything and you don't have the best plans and the Lord really does. But I definitely yearn for my own plans of the Lord's mm-hmm. often. And it takes a work of the spirit for me to feel any differently or think any differently about it for sure. Mm-hmm. Y'all have mentioned, or you kind of touched on that, Beth. Um, what are, you mentioned that Yes, waiting is hard, but it is good. And mm-hmm. so what are some things during those seasons of waiting, and this is for either one of you, that maybe you are grateful for or lessons you have learned during seasons of waiting? What is some of the good, for lack of a better word, that you have experienced because of or in those seasons of waiting? Um. Yeah, I think, well, as I mentioned previously, like recognizing that a lot of my perspective and joy comes from where I'm focused. Um, That really has been a lesson that I believe started with that first initial really big, you know, waiting season, um, but has been showing up and popping up again and again in my story is like, okay, where are you focusing right now? Where is your attention going towards? And then also, like I said, just knowing that um, God is good and he's not here for me. I am here on this earth for him. Um, also, something that I think I mentioned the last time we met was um, I, even though my plan was really good, like you were saying, his plan is better. I don't want a different story than what I have, even though it was painful and it was hard and it hurt. Like my kids are exactly the kids that God has for me. And I don't want any other kids. I am so glad that God gave me the story Mm. he gave me because that includes like my son and my daughter. And if I had biological children, it wouldn't be Davis and Whitaker. It would be, you know, whoever else, (laughs) but but it's a good story. And I, the gifts that God chose to give me are his best, you know? And, um, I know we talked before about sin and, you know, how that can play a part in like different parts of that. I know that part of their story is hard Mm -hmm. and part of it is, um, sin played a part you know, but at the same time, knowing how God can take what Satan uses for bad and use it for good. And I mean, really good, um, is still like one of the coolest things to see and to get to experience firsthand. So yeah, Mm, that's so good, Beth. And so encouraging for also, I think for when we're in a season of waiting, of Mm -hmm. knowing that the Lord does have something so great on the other side, regardless Mm -hmm. of when it's going to come or how it's going to come or what it may be. That's super encouraging. Um, I think for me, it's definitely waiting is a very humbling experience of just realizing kind of that it's, that it really isn't about me, you know? I think sometimes when we're waiting on the Lord, it's not necessarily just to teach you something, mm-hmm. but it can and frequently is about a bigger picture. And usually, again, I said, I'm totally impatient. So I'll be the mm. first person to claim that, that Man, descriptor. Too, <laughs> um, and so when I'm waiting on the Lord, often what happens is my expectations aren't being met. Like Mm -hmm. my desires aren't being met, or at least certainly not in the timing that I want. Maybe the Lord will say yes, but it's not happening as soon as I want it. And that tempts me to question his character and question Mm -hmm. who he is. And so waiting has really strengthened me in the sense that I've learned, okay, the Lord is not defined by the circumstances in my life, Mm -hmm. that the most devastating thing could come my way, and it does not change who He is. It's not a commentary on the Lord's goodness or His power or His provision. It's it's a commentary on the brokenness of the world Mm -hmm. and the sin around us. Um, And so... I have to really go to and search and trust the scriptures above anything else to realize who the Lord is and what he's promised and what he will be faithful to deliver me in. Because when I'm waiting and my expectations aren't met, I'm tempted to immediately wonder like, well, 
why, where are you? Like, why aren't you being faithful to this? But it's so dangerous to, sur- and really just incorrect to survey the Lord from that way, right? Um, but it's only in the word that we can really know who he is. And so waiting has strengthened me by helping me just to know more of his character and trust in who he is better. Mm-hmm. I think that's so good, just that basing the Lord's character based on scripture instead of my experience. Yeah. I know for me, you talked about what strengthens you in seasons of waiting. And for me, this is just something that I've for years kind of thought in my head. It's it's not like it's some verse or proverb. It was based more on my observation. I kind of noticed, or it seemed to me that many people were either bitter about what they didn't have mm-hmm. or enjoyed what they did have. Mm-hmm. And admittedly, there are a number of things, actually things I really wanted in life that at least to this point, the Lord has said no to. And I kind of felt like, okay, am I going to be bitter about that? Which frankly, isn't a whole lot of fun. Or am I going to enjoy what he has said yes to? Mm -hmm. And so, because he hasn't said no to everything in my life. And Mm -hmm. so he has said yes to some things. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not exactly what I wanted or exactly the way I wanted it. In fact, many things aren't. But I want to choose to enjoy and embrace the things he has said yes to Mm -hmm. instead of constantly being frustrated for the things that he hasn't. Now, that isn't easy all the time, but Mm -hmm. that has been one of the things that for me has been just a helpful thing for me is just to step into, okay, I don't have my own children, but I think my nieces and nephews are the most fabulous people on the planet. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to step into them and be a part of their lives as much as I can, because I think they're amazing. And do I Mm -hmm. wish my story was different? Yes, because I wish my story was different, but no, because God's good. And because I'd rather just Instead of being frustrated about that, I would rather just enjoy what God has said yes to, which mm-hmm. is my nieces and nephews and lots of other opportunities yeah. that I've come my way. And so for me, that's been one of the things that has helped me keep from being bitter is noticing what I do have and mm-hmm. stepping into those things instead of wishing it was something else. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Another good gift is just that we can all sit here in the different stages of life that we are in and have unity in Christ and genuinely love and like one another. Yeah. Like, like you're talking about like not allowing yourself to be overcome with bitterness. It would be so easy if we aren't focusing on Christ or we are focusing on something else for me to be bitter of Haley because she gets to be pregnant and I never get to, or for you to be bitter of us because we are married. Like there are so many things that we can look at the other person and say, well, why didn't God give me what the other person has, you know? And I think one of the coolest things about who God is, is that we may not have a single thing in common, but Christ alone. And we can genuinely like love and care for and like mm-hmm. our friends who the only common denominator is the Lord. I love, I love that. I love that too. Yeah. And I would love to talk about that a, a little bit more if y'all have more thoughts on that, because I mm-hmm. do think that the reality is that with waiting on the Lord, sometimes we get a yes and sometimes we get a no and mm-hmm. sometimes we are still waiting. And sometimes someone different than us, like someone else we know gets either the yes or the no or the waiting, and Mm -hmm. it can create tension among us, if that makes sense. And to be honest, I think it's okay to have a bad day and step away and hurt. None of us are acting like we should (laughs) act like we don't care. Do you know what I'm saying? Truly, we shouldn't do that. But there is a sense in which at least, and this is I don't want to say a trick, but a trick for me. It's not really a trick. It's a Bible verse. But it's <laughs> in the Romans where it says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Mm-hmm. And for me, and again, this is hard on some days, and I know someone listening is having a hard day and not going to be able to do this today, and I love you, and I wish I could cry and give you a hug, and that's Absolutely. totally okay. Mm-hmm. But for me, I found, okay, I'm not really getting the yeses to these things that some other people around me are getting, So either I'm going to have to disconnect and not be their friend or not go to that thing to celebrate with them or for them, that thing that they got, and disconnect myself and stay over here by myself and be sad that I didn't get it and give up on the joy of celebrating with them. And so for me, I chose and and choose 
I would rather at least go and celebrate what they have, even if I still kind of want it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to miss out on the joy of what is around me or the burdens of the people around me just because their yeses and nos are different than mine. Yeah. And so for me, it's it's sometimes it's a discipline to it, but to be honest, as I've practiced it, it's gotten easier than I thought it would be. Mm, sure. <laughs> and I get really excited to do those things because Again, if I don't go, then I'm looking at something God has given me, which is a great friend who's pregnant. And I genuinely actually want to celebrate with that with you. I yeah. think I was the loudest response you, you might were. have gotten when you By told me far. you were pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> it was the best. It was the best. Way too loud in the office and interrupted everyone there. Yay. And again, I have hard days. But on that day, it wasn't forced. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And I think... I mean, like, I, like, screamed and jumped up and start hugging Haley. Oh, yeah. Yes. In the middle of the Mitchell op- was maybe a little scared, <laughs> but I loved it. <laughs> Sorry, Mitchell, if you're listening. <laughs> I have that effect on people, too. Though, sometimes I'm like, oh, okay, you were a little too strong there, Beth. Just bring it back in a little bit. I was so excited. Yeah, yeah. But so I, great. It was really fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that also really does just bring up a good point of, for me— when we started telling people that we were pregnant, not necessarily for you guys specifically, but some of my family or people did ask like, oh, how are you going to tell so-and-so? Because they might have had a similar story to y'all. And I got to a point where I started getting a little frustrated by that question. I understood the heart of it because obviously I could say something very insensitive and that would be unchristlike and unkind and unfair. But also as I thought about it, for the women and friends in my life who haven't been able to be pregnant, I'm like, well, I need to trust that the Lord is sufficient for them. Absolutely. And that they love me and they care for me and the Lord has given them a strength. And that also I can't completely protect them from their feelings. So I might have told you that day, Kathy, and you might have been having a bad day. Mm-hmm. And I could have been a good friend to you, but I'm not the one who is able to save you or redeem you from that. Mm-hmm. That's the Lord. And I know that you love the Lord and that you do lean on Him. And so I was like, this is going to be easy to tell Kathy. And for both of you guys, it really sincerely was. And it wasn't <laughs> awkward yes. at all. And so I think sometimes we can feel, we can think too highly of ourselves and our ability to protect one another. Sure. Which really limits our friendships. But it's so much more freeing when we can just stress like, no these friends love me and I can share with these good news with them. Even if it might be a little bit hard for them to receive, like it's going to be okay. And it was so fun telling y'all. And I think it's one of the most respectful things you can do is to have that trust that they are going to be able to receive that news with joy and celebration with you. Yes. So, yeah. And even here's the thing. Let's pretend I was having a hard day. Like I appreciated number one, that you thought about the fact that it might be hard for me. Yeah. We're careful in thinking about that, but also we're kind enough to share that with me Mm -hmm. instead of, I just happened to notice at some point, at least again, and different people have different responses, but to me, it made me feel very loved in that Mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. So, So what do we do when we've been waiting and then God answers and the answer is no. Because mm. sometimes you wait, and and yes isn't the answer at the end. Mm. What do we? How do we receive that well? How do we respond to that well? Do you have any situations from your life that come up that, or God said no? What do we do with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, um, those are not fun seasons. <laughs> no. um, if mm. we're being honest, <laughs> um, I think. Um, It's like I said earlier, when he says no, it's tempting for me to think that he might be less God than he is or less of who he says he is. And for me, a season where I do think the Lord has told me no is related to my health. Long story short, I've had a history of these recurring knee injuries throughout my whole life that are a big deal, like result in surgeries and all of these things. And so in college, reached a place where I felt like, okay, like it's probably time to try to really attack this and do something bigger for my health. And so really, really prayed about it and earnestly sought the Lord and um, ended up having a more involved surgery than I had ever had before. But it was supposed to be like a fairly simple recovery and really lead to no more injuries past that. And so felt really confident going into it. 
And it ended up very quickly not going the way it was supposed to. My recovery immediately was not nearly um, the success that we thought it was. And now that was six, seven years ago. And I'm actually still today in pain. I'm still today unable to run or move or operate the way I want to. I like in my head, I'm like super sporty and athletic and really good at sports (laughs) in my head. And then I like get out on a sport field. I'm like putting my knee brace on and I'm like kind of like hobbling fast. I've seen you play hawker. Hawker. I've seen you play hawker, Haley. Hawker, Saley. I've seen you play soccer. You are super athletic. Thanks. I try really hard. Um, But it's, immediately kind of in that first year um my faith was really weakened in a lot of ways if I really struggled with doubt I really felt like um this was something the Lord had promised a yes to and it took really the scriptures and friends to realize that he hadn't promised that specifically to me um and I now, I know that the Lord could heal me, that tomorrow I could wake up and I could be totally back to normal and it'd be great. Um, But I also, I don't think he's going to. Um, I'm not expecting that at this point anymore. Um, And so I've learned to kind of accept his no in that way of, I won't be able to play around and play with my teenagers the way I want to, or being a mother might be a little bit funky sometimes with kids mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to catch them and keep up with them. Um, but also because of the Lord's kindness and graciousness to me in a season where I really struggled with doubt, I now know that his character didn't change at all mm-hmm. through that. Um, and really it was my character that was lacking mm-hmm. and weak, not his, but um, even through all those things they've, I've learned, I don't think hearing no is fun. It's still mm. not the answer I want, but I also am so grateful for what he taught me and, and can see how true his faithfulness is to me, even despite that. Mm. No's are hard, aren't they? No's are really and hard. I, and I like that you brought up, and maybe we can talk for just a second about how, Beth, I, I mean, I know you th- walked through a long season of waiting, and sometimes... Mm-hmm. I want to acknowledge, because we've talked about kind of what we do or how we want to respond, which is good. But if you're comfortable, can you just talk a little bit about, I mean, the pain of waiting and the pain of no's? Because I mm. I don't want to, I don't want to skip too quickly sure. over yeah. what that is like. Yeah. Um, I think for a long time, and maybe some days whenever I am having a bad day, not maybe, some days when I'm <laughs> having bad days, um, other people's success stories where they've been told there's absolutely no way you'll be able to get pregnant and then they get pregnant. Um, Sometimes those still sting. Sometimes those are still painful where I don't quite understand um, the Lord's, I don't know, the way he works and why he does say yes to some people and no to others. And, and, but at the end of the day, I know that God is faithful. And I think um, one of the, the biggest lies I had in my head for a long time is, well, they got their miracle or they were told yes because they're closer to him or they're more spiritual or they're good or they're more obedient and I'm just not. And and that's just simply not true. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. just simply not true. Just because someone else gets a yes or their miracle or whatever it is, it's because God chose to show them in that way that he is good. And my story is that God chose to show me that he is good by giving me Davis and Whitaker. And God chose to show Haley that he's good by allowing her and Mitchell to get pregnant. And God also chose for some people's story and that he is good for them to remain just a married couple with no kids. Like how God uses and writes that story is how he is showing you that he is good despite what that answer is or what the outcome is or how it looks. And so I think... Um, It took me a while to, one, 
recognize that, but then to actually believe it. (laughs) So, and I think there's some days where I'm still like, God, I need that lesson again because I don't believe it today or whatever it is. But, um, I don't even remember what your initial question was, Kathy. Well, I loved several things you said, but a couple really resonated with me. One, multiple times I think we've already said, and so we'll just say it again. I'll acknowledge it. I don't understand is part of our answer. Right. Is part of the journey. Yeah. And and, and I, I believe all the true things we're saying about God, and there are parts of it that I don't understand. And... I mean, to be honest, he's a majestic God of the entire universe. I can't pretend that I'm going to understand. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 To be honest, I don't ask why nearly as much as I used to. Mm. Not because God doesn't have to tell me. He definitely doesn't have to tell me. But <laughs> I'm not yeah. even sure I would comprehend all of the whys. Mm. Yes. If that makes sense, the whys, not a bad question. But yeah. I appreciate that you just openly are like, there's some of it I don't understand, mm-hmm. and I believe God is good. And the Absolutely. second thing that you highlighted that I think is really important, sometimes for those of us waiting, we begin to wonder what we've done wrong mm-hmm. and or what the other person has done right. Mm-hmm. And again, my choices in sin impact me. I'm Absolutely. not. I don't want to ever take that off the table. Sure. But I like that you brought that up because sometimes that's a uniquely painful piece that we don't talk about is how unintentionally things people say or do and or just how I respond to things causes me to think, well, what is wrong with, what have I done to lead Mm -hmm. to X? And sometimes it's, you haven't done anything wrong. It's just God's plan and that is what it is. And I appreciate that you said that because I think that some of us waiting can kind of get lost in that, kind of beat yourself up what have I done wrong? And sometimes the answer is you really haven't done anything wrong. It's part of that things we don't understand and we trust God's goodness and we enjoy what we do have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's flip the tables. We've talked about no. Sometimes we've been waiting and God says no. (laughs) And sometimes we've been waiting and God says yes. Mm -hmm. Is it exactly like we create it in our head? Maybe, (laughs) maybe not. But Mm -hmm. sometimes you've prayed and you've waited and God says yes. So what do we do and how do we respond when God says yes? Because he does say yes sometimes. Yeah, I have a recent example. Um, about this time, about a year ago, my husband and I had finally felt like we had saved enough to buy our first house. I know, Kathy's <laughs> laughing. The mark. Because, yeah. <laughs> and you're probably laughing right now. So we kind of walk into it starry-eyed. I mean, we saved for... Three and a half years, super strictly budgeted, so proud of ourselves. And we were like, oh, man, like, what kind of fireplace do you think we want? And like, how big should our back patio Pinterest be? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes, totally. Um, and go and, like, make an appointment with our realtor. We're so excited. And then we start learning the reality of buying a house in 2021. Yay. And it completely <laughs> flipped uh-huh. everything. And so instead of, like, oh, man, but I really want a white exterior house, it was, like, Okay, it doesn't have floors, but like I know someone who could probably help us put in floors. I mean, that was how drastic the change was. So if you bought a house in last year, I'm with you. I've suffered with you. Um, Mm -hmm. And honestly, it was a really hard season. It was. It was really (laughs) difficult. We um, started looking in April, and at the very beginning, I, in my prayers and just in talking to Mitchell— told the Lord, like, okay, here's my dream. Mm-hmm. I want a house by the end of the summer. I work in student ministry, and so my life revolves around a school calendar. I want to be a really cute Joanna Gaines fixer upper type, but <laughs> I've accepted that I'm not. Yep. And so I was like, to be honest, Lord, I want something new and that works really well yep. and already looks it. really pretty because <laughs> they did not give me the design skills <laughs> at all. Um, and then I wanted something affordable. I didn't want to feel, you know, poor, but like in a big house. And so I was like, Ah, 2021, and I want a new, cheap house um, Mm -hmm. in one of these three zip codes because I want to be able to send my kid to a public school. And so as the summer went on, we lost on 
seven offers maybe. Mm. And I got to a point where I did think like, okay, we're not going to get the kind of house we want. Um, These prayers aren't going to be answered the way I want. And honestly, it was hard, but I wasn't devastated by it. I was okay. I think I had already walked through this health season in my life and knew, yeah, the Lord may not provide this in the way that I want. And and I really was okay with it. And then our, our realtor at the end of July said, okay, I have a house I want you to look at. And I kind of wanted to just scream and not go look at it. But it was built in 2018. It was like the lower end of our price range. And she found it before it was listed. And so we were able to put in an offer that was basically just the list price, which is absolutely crazy in 2021. Um, If you're not offering a crazy amount, (laughs) you are basically losing. Um, And the Lord gave us the house and we moved at the end of August. So quite literally, almost every single checklist that I had wanted absolutely came true. And I do believe that that was the Lord's kindness in providing that for us. And what's neat is Mitchell and I still will be sitting on our couch at night or something and look around. We're like, I'm so grateful. Mm -hmm. Um, And kind of a lot of what I learned too is at first we had been really aggressive and we were looking at houses every day and we were making offers before we pulled out of the driveway and all these things and it wasn't working. And then the Lord just, we didn't, we didn't find this house. Mm -hmm. Like the Lord just brought it to us. And so really it was challenged and kind of my own faithfulness and belief in the Lord's ability to provide through even extreme circumstances and was encouraged of, man, like no, no global pandemic and crazy supply chain things can stop the Lord from providing something great. And so it remains a great blessing to us. And definitely I feel like I'm living inside a gift of the Lord. Yeah which is really sweet. Yeah, that's cool. And all of you out there who got the house with absolutely no floors. Oh, um, I know someone that can help us out. The Lord loves you just as much and is just as good. So so, yeah, it's, it really is like when this waiting on the Lord, like comparison can become a thing. Absolutely. And, and much like, there are parts of it I don't understand, like to compare why that was God's goodness to Haley mm-hmm. and why something, the person that with the no floors that had to work extra hard, like that whole comparison thing, I can't, can be a real challenge because yes. we've designed, well, this is the trajectory of how it should go. Mm. And if the Lord loves you the most or is good mm. to you the most, then these are the things that will happen for you. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes for me, I want to celebrate with you, but if I start comparing or like mm. adding up on my list of forms, what, like how much God loves me versus you, like that does me no good. No, it's like, so Because God is looking at me and my life and who I am and how he's created me and what I need, even in a sanctification way or mm-hmm. growing me in perseverance or pay, whatever that it is. Like I can't, if I start comparing, I'm mm-hmm. just waiting will be way worse for me. Mm-hmm. And so I I find the not comparing to be a helpful thing. And when I compare it to hindrance. Absolutely. And I love Haley that you're able to humbly look at that and say, oh my goodness, what an amazing good yes. gift from God. And that's also like how how good of him, how sweet of him to give you everything yeah. on your checklist during that time. And the fact that you look at that and are able to like, thank you, Lord, in that moment is also like, I don't think you should ever be ashamed of that either of, cause sometimes I think the opposite is true, right? Where sometimes we're like, why was he so good to me when he wasn't good to, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, and so I love that you look at that and humbly like thank him for this amazing good gift that he gave you without shame, you know? Yes. So, and disclaimer, by the way, my, I feel like whenever I was talking about like, oh, why did they get their miracles and I didn't? I feel like I need to say my kids are very much a miracle You're from like, the Lord. They are. <laughs> and and if you don't know their story and the story of how the Lord brought them to us and everything surrounding that, yeah. come find me and ask me because it is an incredible story of God's goodness and they are 100% miracles from the Lord, good gifts from God that He gave to us. So seriously. 
come find me. Yeah. It's, it's such a good, love cool a good story. <laughs> I do love a good coffee. And we all know. I won't yes. say it. I won't say it. No, I'm like, I don't do. I like Panera. <laughs> This is not. Right. Everyone's like, "What is going on?" Come find me. Also, ask me about Panera if you want to. Oh man, it's our it's our anniversary. It's our little. That's it. That's it. Come on, Kathy. It is. Yes. Okay, y'all are the best, and I'll kind of begin to wrap this up because I want to get your final thoughts and final wisdom and. So I'm going to ask kind of just what final thoughts or encouragement would you have for someone? And I, it's funny as we've been talking about this and just knowing your lives and knowing your stories, I feel like waiting on the Lord, two words that come to my mind that describe it. And I think it's okay for both to exist. I think often it's a season of pain Mm. and because of the hope we have in Christ and those promises, it can also be a season of joy and Mm. it can be both. Mm -hmm. And it, and and it sometimes it seems ninety nine percent pain and maybe there's some joy hiding out there. Mm-hmm. But like I think even about our, our conversation and just knowing your lives and your stories, there have been things in waiting on the Lord that have been really painful, mm-hmm. difficult, sob on the floor. Mm-hmm. God, this is hard. Yeah. And and some of them he said yes to and some of them he said no to. Mm-hmm. And then there's been the joy of knowing God's presence with you in that, of knowing that he will fulfill every promise that is in the scriptures and that he will fulfill, exceed our expectations for joy and satisfaction in heaven. And so it's our conversation about this, the mixture of the pain and the joy has really mirrored for me, at least part of what I see as a season, um, as what waiting on the Lord looks like. So Mm -hmm. Beth, what are your final thoughts or encouragement? Um, I love that you talk about how joy and pain can be like I've learned so many lessons about how joy and pain sit side by side and they're friends like they don't Mm. they it's not one or the other it's not and or it's or it's not or it's and And. Um, pain and joy can literally walk side by side throughout our entire story. My story is pain and joy are friends holding hands mm. forever. Like my kids are adopted and that is that means that there was brokenness first mm-hmm. before there was um a good ending, right? Mm. And so that's something that I'm going to have to wrestle with. They are going to have to wrestle with every day and it's not bad. It's not bad. It is how God can use his sovereignty and man's free will in this really, really weird, confusing way that we'll (laughs) never be able to understand and create this incredible story that's not all joy and not all pain. They walk together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's pretty beautiful, right? Yeah. So It's incredibly beautiful. mm -hmm. Incredibly beautiful. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm imagining, like, as you talk about those walking together and using your hands, I'm, like, envisioning your twins and how Mm. um, they're walking that path. I Mm. love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. Haley, what about you? What are your final thoughts or encouragement or a story that's come to mind? Yeah, I would say kind of similar to Beth, but one of the scriptures that I think is really encouraging and waiting on the Lord comes from Psalm 27, 14. It says, wait for the Lord. And then it says, "Be strong," hmm. which I find waiting on the Lord's not really it. compelling. It, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I appreciate it because Hard. it means that the Lord knows that we, for us, waiting on Him is difficult. Mm-hmm. That He doesn't um, expect it to be easy. He doesn't talk about it flippantly or like it's some small task. Like He understands that it's difficult for us, um, and that He really gives us the strength and equips us to do it. And so I would just encourage you that if you are waiting on the Lord and it's really hard, the Lord knows that and he sees that. And we serve a great high priest who is able to perfectly empathize with our weaknesses and walk alongside us and be with us. And I also encourage you um, or anyone just to not allow the waiting season to cause doubts in your life. Cause that's, that was really really a big marker Mm -hmm. for me and 
kind of the years fall immediately following my surgery, if I struggled with doubt a lot, um, which which showed a weak faith. The Lord certainly doesn't embed doubt into our hearts. Um, but to really be walking alongside with people and recognize that, yeah, it takes strength and it takes strength that comes from the Lord um, and from His Spirit living within us when our will and the Father's wills don't align with one another. And my will seems to not frequently align with the <laughs> Lord's. Um, but I have found in seasons both where He has said no and He has said yes, that I was waiting because I wasn't in control and it wasn't my story to write. It wasn't my privilege to design. But no matter what answer came at the end, the Lord's way was better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. I know sometimes, obviously, I'm going to I'm gonna close here in prayer in just a minute, but when we end topics, there's this sense as me, the facilitator or whatever, to like kind of wrap it up in a box with a bow. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that I even want to do that with waiting on the Lord because mm-hmm. I don't think mm-hmm. any of us really believe that often that's what happens is yeah. that there's this real clean, easy box with a bow. Now heaven is coming yes. there and go. there is a box with a bow coming. There it is. But it may be a box that's disheveled and you feel like the ribbon is not wrapped, but, or the ribbon's not wrapped around it, but God is still good. Mm-hmm. And that's midst of pain and joy walking through that. And so I think that we have all experienced and have compassion on that. And also have kind of like you said, had Haley the some by God's grace growing of our faith through that, which mm-hmm. is something that um, we all really care about and really want, and wish we didn't have to get the hard way, but are real glad we have. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me pray for us, Lord. You are in control, and you are good. And some of us right now have 50 things that we want to say thank you for because we've seen your goodness and your control recently in a way that is really encouraging to us. And so we thank you. And some of us are in a season where we are ripped with pain and it does not feel like that at all. And saying that you are good and you are in control is really difficult right now. Mm -hmm. And I pray specifically for those individuals for encouragement and for just the strength to maybe even be able to just listen to this prayer and say, she believes that, and Lord, I want to believe that, and help me do that. Mm -hmm. Would you meet each of us in the places where we are waiting? Remove the things that hinder our faith in those seasons, and please build faith into that so that we wait well and that we um, celebrate the yeses cry about the nose mm. and continue to walk with and enjoy the good things you've given us until Jesus comes back or we get to go to heaven. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.